You are listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Greetings and glaudutations. Whoa. Really mixing See, I, it up for the I really am mixing it up for everybody. Regrettably so, yeah. probably. Mm. Hey, you got to take those risks sometimes, you know? Do you? And there's do freedom I? here to do it. Well, I did. And here we are. <laughs> we're not going to redo that intro? Heck no, we're not going to redo that. That's perfectly fine. There we have it. We're going to let down our, our barriers and take risks and make mistakes. That's right. Not me, though, but, you know. <laughs> Sometimes. I'm going to be completely put together and polished Sometimes. at all times. I've, I can tell, and I, I wonder if anyone else can tell, and this happens less so. I try to be a little bit more prepared, but there are times where I just really find myself in a tangent or a thought sparks, and you can tell that as I'm explaining it, I'm like live workshopping it on the podcast as I'm trying to tell you You thoughts. mean having a conversation? <laughs> just like It's like, this is just spilling out in a weird way. I feel like there are implied question marks after every sentence. <laughs> Sometimes it happens. It used to happen a lot. And we, we decided to be prepared people. Yes, look at us being prepared. Uh, yeah. Be prepared. <laughs> I was of that. Yes. Oh, gosh. Uh, in the greatest Disney movie of all time, mm. there are some people who I think even listen to this podcast who say their favorite Disney movie is Moana. No, sir. No, Moana's sir. a fine movie. It's, I've not it's seen not it, the best. I really want to. There are yeah. things about that I've heard that I'm like, that sounds very oh, yeah. I mean, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. Say no more, basically, yes. as far as that particular kind of role, uh-huh. you know? But The Lion King yeah. is the best. Jeremy Irons as Scar. Yeah. The villain of villains. Yes. James Earl Jones. Mm. Mufasa. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. It's basically Hamlet with talking lions? Learning to be an orphan when you're actually a child and not an orphan? <laughs> that was always quite rough for me. Also, also, it's like, it's not just that. They really played on me because it's not just you're witnessing the lead character become an orphan. It's also animals. Oh, yes. And I'm like, this is like a double-pronged attack. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have to, I have to deal with the, the orphanhood of Simba and... <laughs> Animal harm. It's not. It was not good for me. An animal lover. Out in the wild. It was really tough. Hyenas. I liked all the hyenas. They were cool. They are what great funny little name. beggars. It's a great movie. It's the best Disney movie. Quite possibly. Yeah. That's. I mean. That's my spicy take. Yeah. I have a. Short I don't think list. it's a spicy take. No. By the way. No. no. That's. I have a short list of favorites, and of those favorites, I'm a passionate loyalist. Yeah. Yeah. But like such as. Here's the thing. Now that I have to say it, it's like, what if I say something like, "That's not Disney. That's this studio." You know. That was DreamWorks, yeah. idiot. But I would say definitely have the original Lion King. Yeah. Um, Mulan has always been yeah. one of my favorites. Incredibles, but I don't know. Oh, who does the Incredibles, that. yes. That's yeah. Disney Pixar. Deborah's yes. New Groove. Deep favorite. Love it. John I, Goodman. Oh. I really want the steel book of that movie, but it's over $100 Woo! on eBay. That secondary Woof! market is <laughs> tough. <laughs> Real tough. Those are. Those I'm are sorry, like... but you've thrown off Ethan's groove <laughs> overpricing the steelbook. Yeah, that's the Hall of Fame. I think. Yeah. Recently, I was reminded of how much I absolutely love Lilo and Stitch. Lilo and Stitch is great. Yeah. Abby went through a Lilo and Stitch phase For recently. Sure. So, Toy Story is also always a. Oh, the, the original. Yeah. It's very fun to go back to that animation and be like, Yeah, like Whoa. wow, that's crazy <laughs> in 1995 that it looked like that. Yeah. You know, but they made it work. The first three, really, Toy Story one, two, and three. And then four is not bad. It's just like, Mm. uh, that wasn't really necessary. And it wasn't as equal. You know, it wasn't wasn't as good. I know Atlantis, The Lost Empire is like not really the same caliber, but I do love it very much. Atlantis is good. Though I think that's DreamWorks. It is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Same era as Prince of Egypt.
Egyptian Road to El Dorado, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think it came a little bit... Oh, man. And now if I say a little bit after and someone fact-checks me. Fact-checked me. They fact-checked you. They fax you a check that says, <laughs> Ethan, wrong. you got the year wrong. Here's a check that will bounce immediately. <laughs> like, your, like your facts. Devoid of truth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mm. Now that's good stuff. Yes. Well, speaking of considering our favorite, you know, Disney movies or yeah. whatever else have you, on the note of turning inward and thinking about those things. Yes. I, myself am prone to contemplation and introspection. Mm, yeah. That's, you know, that's that's my tendency. I'm more of the introspective. Yeah. yeah. Between the two things, that's where I'm heading. You know, mm. between the opposite of that. <laughs> 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 yes, that's where I go. You know, I'm a Mary more than a Martha. You know, for yeah, we're using that that story from oh, scripture. You know, nice. there, yeah, deep cut. So all that to say is, I enjoy discovering more about myself, and I really enjoy personality tests. Oh, I love them. You know, like I, I just them. I do. Okay, which um, line from the Lion King are you? <laughs> <laughs> Can't um, wait to do that one. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I remember the first time I took the Myers Briggs oh, personality yeah. test as a sophomore in college. Remember that very clearly. I can recall scrolling through my Twitter feed one day and stumbling across a personality profile called the Enneagram. Ugh, can remember that? I'm still an acolyte. Yes, right, right. Love it. Yep. I've taken the DISC personality profile a handful of times. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, this is a church podcast, the Horizons Church podcast, you know, mm-hmm. taking it most of us, you know, probably Christians. So, uh, yes, of course, I have also completed countless church personality inventories over the years, oh, which yeah. you might know better by the name, the Cognomen spiritual gifts inventories. Of course. Of you know, course. which basically function as personality tests, it does. more or less. What do you like? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. See? Maybe you should pursue a career in this field. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you need to hear that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Sometimes seeing it on paper is a little bit more helpful than like, I don't know, I'm paralyzed by choice. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah, so I've taken... Just about every personality assessment under the sun. Yeah, me too. I love you it. You know, I mean, as many as I know of. Mm-hmm. And there are some really, really niche ones for, like, church pastoral leadership even. Dang. Like, stuff like that oh. that, like, I had to take my junior year at Liberty. I've taken a lot. That's very cool. All that to say is, at the end of all my self-searching, I have wondered from time to time if the pursuit of such knowledge can be naught but a striving after the wind, mm. in the words of Ecclesiastes. Because really, the question is, how much do I really know about myself at the end of all this test-taking, mm. and how helpful has it truly been? Well, that's a challenging question. Yes, you know, so what is what we're here to do, right? You know, we're here to ask challenging questions. Because I think part of what we need to be aware of, because I think this is an era of trying to raise self-awareness, right? Like, I think mm-hmm. that's a that's a trend in the Certainly. the last 10, 15 years, yeah, probably, I, I you know? Those, those, those assessments we all talked about are very popular. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes right down to it, we really are, I think, it's safe to say, surrounded by, you know, all-you-can-eat buffets of personality tests, you know? <laughs> you, you grab a plate and pick the ones that look most scrumptious to you. Yeah. So do you want a plate that gives you the savory taste of your strengths, you know? Is that what you want, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, or do you want a more salty and biting dish of your weaknesses? Mm-hmm. You want to consider good. where you're, yeah, that's <laughs> like, yes, weaknesses, darkness. <laughs> that's what I want, you know? Give me Scar in the cage. <laughs> that's scar. it. Which lion are you? Scar. Oh. Jeremy Irons. You know, or you, maybe you want a plate full it smacks of both you know mm. take whatever suits your fancy in the internet age it's <laughs> never been easier to get a mm. good and healthy helping of self-knowledge but it's also never been easier to gorge yourself on uh well yourself yeah. yourself yeah. you know yeah. right yeah, very That's, true yeah. i think really like without any form of gut check or or i don't know anyone to call you out on your crap <laughs> 
you can <laughs> you can just end up serving yourself the feedback that inflates your ego. Yes. You know, like right. whether whether that's like you want to the weakness or you want to the strengths, like the thing that serves whatever makes you feel a certain way. I'm sure that is all too easy to tailor, at least with a lot of them, because you could you just ignore what you don't want. Right. And it's right. Like, not a great move. No, it's not. Especially because we do live in a and you'll have to forgive me for using this term, but a selfie culture. You know what I mean? Right? Like that's just that's everything about it is that way. So we can really easily become obsessed. Mm. Zach made a little nice joke right before we started recording about, we said, we're talking about unhealthy self-assessment in this episode. He's like, did you say obsessment? You know, like obsession assessment. Because yes. I mean, you can't get to that point where we're obsessed with self, self-reflection, self-knowledge, and it can quickly transform into selfishness and self-centeredness. That's a major concern for us as Christians, Mm. because what begins is an honest look inward, which we need to do. That's that's part of the Christian tradition, part of the teaching of scripture. But like everything else, it can get out of balance Mm -hmm. and it can become a hopeless cycle of navel gazing that leaves us hunchbacked. Speaking of other great Disney movies, Hunchback of Notre Dame. (laughs) Ah, Yes. But as Augustine once said, uh, because we are sinners by nature, we're all naturally, and it was a Latin term he used, of course, because he spoke Latin, incurvatus in se, which means incurved in on ourselves. Mm. So if we're not watchful, our efforts to learn more about ourselves, which are meant to help us turn outward, right, for the sake of others, so that we can better love God, love neighbor, that's the point, Mm -hmm. hopefully. (laughs) Yes. If we're not watchful, those efforts to learn more about ourselves so we can love God and neighbor better ultimately will only curve us more inward. Mm. And so I think part of the question we need to ask is, how can we know when self-reflection is curving us inward rather than outward? Like, how do we gauge that? At what point do we become so preoccupied Mm -hmm. with ourselves to the detriment of everything else that it's it's just self-indulgence? Right. Yes. Mm. It's a great term. Great term for that. And obviously, there's no simple answer to that question. I know you're here for a 20 to 25 minute podcast to have all your questions solved and answered. That answers everything. That's right. But there are at least I think two general ways that self-reflection can put our spines out of alignment, so to speak. And the first is perhaps the most obvious, which is to say that we weigh ourselves down with a heavy cloak of our strengths. Mm. So this is the sort of garb that's worn by those of us who seem to be on a perpetual never-ending winning streak. Oh, cool. You know how that, that must, can go from time to nice. time? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, we can get to the spot where we don this mantle and all of our conversations with one another might as well be political stump speeches. Like, that's, <laughs> that's what this kind of self-awareness ends up leading us into, yeah. where we cover our weaknesses and vulnerabilities, never talk about about our sins, only let our strengths show through. Mm-hmm. The problem with that, of course, you know, aside from many perhaps of the obvious, like you have weaknesses, you have sins you need to deal with, is that when we're only strong and never weak, what do we need God for? Mm-hmm. And when we self-reflect only to learn more about what makes us great, all the while ignoring our sins and flaws, yeah, at that yeah. point, we're definitely curving it on ourselves it's... because we have sins and flaws we need to <laughs> work through. Yeah, it's just an exercise in ego. And you end up creating like these blind spots that could be absolutely fatal to your relationships. And it's like, oh man. Yes, exactly right. I think of uh, King Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel when he's going on and on about the strength of his glory and his might and his power Mm -hmm. and his kingdom and all these things. And God is like, oh, you think so? 
Well, now you're going to uh, lose your mind and go yeah. uh, dwell with the beasts for a little while. <laughs> go, go live with the hyenas for Harrowing. a Why don't you? Like, <laughs> yeah, like that's what that's what happens, you know. Yeah. And so that kind of self reflection is not good, right? Where you're no, just no, 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 no. You know, kind of staring in the mirror and flexing at yourself. You know, the yeah. whole while and you know, skipping leg day, so to speak, right? Like, oh yeah, like, that's nice, but like, not not great. Now, the second way, maybe less apparent, but it's as equally as detrimental to our well-being, and that is we expose ourselves with what one writer has called phonerability. Mm-hmm. So I'm spelling that F-A-U-X, mm-hmm. phonerability. Yeah. And that's where we willingly talk about our weaknesses, shortcomings, sins, flaws, but we do so in a way that draws a disproportionate amount of attention to ourselves. Oh, that's interesting. Right? It's the same problem as the person who prattles only their strengths mm. and is just on a constant winning streak, right? The particular danger, I think, of this one, because I think most of us get a sense for when someone else is like, okay, we get it. You think you're the next great thing. Yeah, right. All you can do is win and you have no issues, no problems, no weaknesses. Maybe a little harder to detect in ourselves if we're doing that, but we can definitely sense it in other people. Oh, yeah. You know, we don't like that kind of pride (laughs) in other people. (laughs) Exactly. But this kind, I think, is particularly dangerous because it can feel like humility. Like, look, I'm just being honest about all my weaknesses and all my flaws and shortcomings. And the problem, again, is it's still all about me, right? Mm. If that's like, if it's disproportionate, if it's the constant, consistent focus is like, I'm the worst, I'm awful, I can't do anything (laughs) right, here's where I'm weak. It's just just weirdly still self-obsessed. Yes. And like, it's starting to almost sound like you're kind of luring feedback to maybe make yourself feel better. Yeah, you you might even be catfishing for people to say, yeah. "Oh no, you're really not all that bad." Like, like, come on, you know, like oh. so many times I can say that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, exactly, exactly. So this is the kind of vulnerability too, then, where we're not using it to connect with others mm, genuinely. Yeah. To that point, uh, we're using it to sort of manipulate and gain an advantage over others mm. in this sort of a situation, and also it can really easily become an excuse for the ways that we mishandle situations and mistreat people. You know, like, oh, it's just the way I am. It's my personality type. I'm a whatever on the Enneagram or I have this Myers-Briggs. So therefore, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like it can become that. Like, it's just the way I am. Absolutely, absolutely. So like, yeah, I think that is one of the most common like results I've come across is people leaning towards that. You find language that helps you identify certain things in your life. Right. Great. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That is a fantastic first step. Yes. (laughs) First step. (laughs) Good first step. But it's like, you know, I'll grant like doing the work with that is difficult and uncomfortable. But when people just sidestep that and use it as an excuse, like you said, one of the most infuriating things. Yes. Like, would you please stop trying to make this thing that I like look bad by... Oh, no. By being that way. Yeah. Right. And again, on the whole pride side of it, and mm. I'm, I'm emphasizing this one so much because I think this is the more subtle, harder to detect form of it, is that if the person who thinks all I am is strength, you know, I've got all this great stuff, I'm awesome, I'm the best, I'm the bee's knees, whatever, they're kind of like ascending to the most high, to use the words of Isaiah 14, mm. like, oh, I don't need God because I've got everything under control. And which is, again, a form of pride. This, too, can become a form of pride. It can suck you into this whirlpool of sin and viciousness. And what I mean by that is you get to this point where you think, ah, God will only ever despise me for my wretchedness, and therefore I'm beyond the reach of his grace. That's pride. Like, oh, I'm beyond the 
reach of his grace. That's, that's so, pride. That is so interesting. And again, people think it's very humble. Like, oh, like, it's the person who's like, well, God couldn't forgive someone like me. Like, brother, what are you saying about God? Like, again, yeah. that, it's, it's, it's pride. That's what I'm trying to emphasize here is like, it, it sounds very meek and it's not. <laughs> mm. Right? So when we self-reflect only to learn about what makes us frail and helpless, all the while ignoring the gifts of grace that God has given us, we're curving in on ourselves. Yeah. Just like on the other side of only knowing our strengths. And it can be very deadly and dangerous, I think. Mm -hmm. I think both of those avenues are like these mirrored extremes of what people kind of do with this. Yes. Um, like taking what might be a useful tool in the right hands with the right intentions and then like spending an inordinate amount of effort to serve a singular purpose mm. or to, to excuse or to like prop up. I feel like you have to try to construct that kind of altar to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you got to go out of your way to find all of the things. But I think there's this other expression that it's, I'm going to say, not as dangerous, but also, why are you wasting your time? Um, <laughs> it's just like, what happens when you pursue all these things, but your work beyond that is just devoid of effort? Like, you mm, pursue yeah. the introspective assessments to get your merit badge. Yeah. Like, you have a sash yeah. of all the things of you. And it's not even to be self-obsessed or egotistical. It's just like, I'm sure we've all known the kind of person who takes the tests. They know their acronyms and, like, a few fun facts about their type. <laughs> it's like, yep. they never touch it again. It literally offers them no benefit in life. There's no growth from it. They don't learn from it. They don't even pursue the extremes that we've discussed that are, like, even, like, destructive to your relationships. Right. It's just like a drive-by to collect yep. all of your titles. Yeah. And you'll get those titles. It's not hard to take the tests. I mean, you have to pay for some. <laughs> So that could be an obstacle if all you want is a little sash of badges. But I mean, like, yeah, if that's all you want, you can get it. But your reward is that. Right. No yes. More. Right. Like if you want like meaningful growth from literally any of these things, just knowing a title about yourself is not going to cut it. Like right. you actually have to use the tools to grow and improve. And like, it's wonderful to be aware of your weaknesses and faults. That right. could help you drastically avoid pitfalls. But not if you just look at it yeah. and do nothing. Right, right. So. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. Because, I mean, that would be like buying. Some of this would be equivalent to buying a really expensive tool set yeah. or whatever. And then just letting it set and not use it. Like, yeah, it's like, dude. Cool. Like, but, you know. You could have just not bought it, really. Also, the more knowledge you have, you know, we're talking as Christians here. It's, the more knowledge you have, the more you are accountable for. Like, oh. You know, it's like. Yeah. You know. But again, some people hear that and they're like, well, I just, I'm not going to get more knowledge. Like. Well, incorrect. Like, no. don't be the person who hides their talent because they're like, well, I, yeah. I don't want to, you know, like, no, like, but do the work, mm -hmm. right? You know, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah. And this whole side of the conversation reminded me of a line from the Institutes of the Christian Religion by John Calvin. You know, some of us will have to overlook the fact that it was John Calvin. Who <laughs> yeah. them. But it's very true and helpful, I think, on this whole note of things is that even when we're talking about self-reflection as Christians, we should always be doing it before the face of God. Mm. And I think he's exactly right when he wrote this. It's right at the beginning of the Institutes. He says, and I'm, I'm not getting the quote exactly right, but it's to the effect, and the basic point is, in order to have a real true knowledge of ourselves, we must also have a real true knowledge of God because hmm. right? like we bear his image, right? Exactly. So like there's this sense in which like, okay, you need to know God to know yourself and the better you know yourself, then the more likely you are to be able to better know God. Yeah. And like there becomes mm. this virtuous sort of cycle here that he talks about in the institutes that I found very helpful yeah. and healthy self-reflection like you were alluding to can help us practice the right kind of humility. Right. 
this quote is attributed to C.S. Lewis frequently. He didn't say it exactly like this. He said something similar, but it's pithy and memorable, which is that humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is just thinking of yourself less. Mm -hmm. It's like there's like this kind of paradoxical self-reflection where you stop and think about yourself. And then that helps you think of yourself less. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? I know Mm -hmm. it's paradoxical, but it helps you understand who you are in light of who God is so that you're not obsessing with yourself. Right. And you're able to turn your eyes back outward Mm -hmm. and do what God has called you to do. Mm -hmm. There's a saying that's for every look you take at yourself, take 10 looks to Christ. And uh, I find that helpful. Again, you know what I mean? Because if you're really like actually practicing honest self-reflection, I think it's actually easier to get into the, wow, I'm awful like phase. Like if you're being honest, like really getting into the the depths and the darkness. And so you need that look to Christ Mm -hmm. to remember, oh yeah, if I belong to him, like, yeah, he loves me and nothing's going to separate me from that love and be reminded of the truth too. Pull C.S. Lewis back in here. There's a line in the Narnia books where Aslan says to one of these characters who's not sure they can do what they need to do, that they have what it takes and all this stuff. And Aslan says, you are descended from the Lord Adam and the Lady Eve, which is enough to raise the head of the poorest beggar and to bow the back of the greatest emperor, Hmm. which I found very profound. So yeah, wholesome self-knowledge helps us discern what we have to offer to our neighbors and helps us to see where we tend to stray and frees us to become self-forgetful in the best possible ways we seek the welfare of others. So that is hopefully our goal when we are doing self-assessment and when we're doing these personality inventories and all that stuff. It it gives us a taxonomy for growth and development. Mm -hmm. I'll say one last thing about this whole thing and then we'll conclude. But I think there's this tendency for us to look at the areas where we kind of have like a natural temperament toward the good. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm not naturally a quarrelsome person. Like I, I hate conflict. Yeah, yeah. Talked about that in a sermon at the church recently. Like, it's just not who I am. Like, ugh, I despise conflict. <laughs> I don't like doing it. And so I can really pat myself on the back for being a very patient, you know, like, oh, look, I don't provoke people. I don't bite and devour people, like Paul says in Galatians, right? So like, look at me, like, oh, that's great. I'm so virtuous. Yeah. And then there are other areas of my life. Take the flip side of that. Like if I need to have a difficult conversation with someone. So we'll just take the exact flip of that. I need to do that for the sake of love and truth. And I don't do it because like, I just don't like it. It doesn't come naturally to me. (laughs) That's not good, right? And uh, I can't pat myself on the back because my temperament lends me to be not a kind of a provocative, you know, mean-spirited person. Whereas like, oh, I'm not willing to like, have a tough conversation when I need to. Like, right. I can't pat myself on the back for that. Like, because yeah. the area I need to work on is <laughs> yeah. the area where I'm weak. You know, that's the area I need to kind of focus on. So anyway, just a little concluding remark there on this this little topic here. Something for us all to ponder and reflect on. Yeah. Hopefully in a healthy way. <laughs> well, as always, thank you for listening. And if you found this helpful, it really spurred you on toward, yeah. you know, good, healthy self-assessment. You can leave us an honest five-star review on the Apple Podcast platform if you want. We won't introspect morbidly if you don't, but, you know, it'd be nice if you did. If it's mean, we might. (laughs) Wonder what's wrong with me. Well, and if you have any questions on this or any other topic, as always, feel free to email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. Thank you, as always, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.